Hello, I'm Curtis Powers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I really appreciate it. I've been out of town the last couple of weeks, and during that time, I hope you enjoyed watching the two-part interview on China. Hope you better understand the Red Dragon after that. Those watching on all the different platforms, uh, please consider going to agendaweekly.com and become a subscriber there where you'll get all the information we provide each week, but also you'll be supporting what we do. We greatly appreciate those who pay the $5 a month to help us have the funds available to continue to have as much influence as possible. This week, I'm going to go through a lot of different news stories over the last several weeks that have key nuggets, key pieces of the puzzle intertwined in them that you need to understand. And I think by the end, you'll realize that the battle is raging all around us. It's escalating as I thought it would before the November elections. And we need to continue to be faithful, standing in the fight for freedom because it's worth it. But anyway, thank you for joining me this week. The story I want to start with, you've probably already seen this week, but it's so significant. The Democrats have launched criminal investigations into the top two presidential candidates for 2024. That's how serious they are about this. They're trying to criminally go after Trump, of course, as they have for years and years. But now DeSantis, they're going to try to charge him criminally so he cannot run for president. But I'm just telling you, this is a war that is really raging at an incredible level. It's like nothing we've ever seen in our lifetime. But I just, I saw that and I thought, man, they're trying to take out the candidates before they even run because they know we don't want their candidates. Another article from the New American that had some key information, FBI outlined symbols of militia violent extremists. Here's some symbols. The don't tread on me flag, people that wave that could very likely be, you know, extremist, domestic terrorists. Um, If you fly the Betsy Ross flag, they said in their publication, that might be a sign that it's a terrorist. (laughs) I mean, it's almost laughable if it wasn't so deadly to us that someone that likes the Betsy Ross flag, that's the greatest threat to our country. If you talk about the Second Amendment a lot, that's a problem. And worry about government raids that send American citizens to the boneyard. You might be an extremist. If you're worried about people arrested on January 6th from two years ago that are still being held in prison with no charges pressed against them, you're probably a domestic terrorist. Those ideas are found in the FBI's unclassified but exclusively internal Domestic Terrorism Symbols Guide. The leaked documents show just how far the agency is pushing the falsehood that American patriots, whom they call white supremacists, domestic violent extremists, and now militia violent extremists, are the main threat facing the country. Agents should also look out for famous historic quotes such as, when tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty, and... The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. So anybody stating those things, the FBI says they are probably domestic terrorists. It's really incredible what's going on. A few weeks ago was the one year anniversary of America pulling out of Afghanistan. 
um, and all the destruction that was done from that purposefully. It wasn't a debacle. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't incompetence. It was purposeful. But here's some interesting facts on that. We can't forget these things. They keep piling them up so quickly. It's like, oh, we're on to the next thing, on to the next thing. But we need to remember all these crimes that have been committed. And Lord willing, if we're able to get the majority again, these things need to be prosecuted. So much criminal activity has taken place without any repercussions, without any justice being served. But listen to this. Almost 2,000 Americans were killed in action in Afghanistan. 2,000 of our soldiers died for nothing, a complete waste. One of the boys from my church back in Idaho was killed early on in the war for nothing, just a complete waste of a life. Also killed were 4,000 American civilian contractors. More than 20,000 were wounded, costing $300 billion for medical treatment and other care. Forbes reported a medical bill that will grow another $500 billion. Now listen to this, with all the things going on. The cost of the war, which was $300 million a day for 20 years, $300 million a day for 20 years. And then we just pull out and leave the whole thing. I mean, our government is trying to bankrupt us. The total as of now is $2.3 trillion was wasted in Afghanistan and all those lives. It's so criminal, it's hard to comprehend. It will surpass $6.5 trillion by 2050 for the ongoing medical care, but also the interest on that $2.3 trillion. Of course, we didn't have that, so we had to borrow it to go fight this war for no reason at all, except for the globalists to just change the pieces on the chessboard around a little bit. This next article is from the Epic Times, and it's significant. I've talked about this for years, and no one really seemed to listen. And still, it's, it's hardly talked about that much, but the title is Europe is Bound to Collapse. That's crystal clear. It's been crystal clear for a couple of decades, but it's the result of poor decisions being made for the last 75 years. One, they've allowed immigration from countries that hate them and everything they stand for. So that alone will seal their fate. They've also rejected the blessings of children, which will seal your fate. When your birth rates get down to 1.1 children per woman, you're collapsing, you're dying. That means every two people that die, only one is replacing them, so you're dying off. And then there are socialistic-type programs that are just so top-heavy in weighing down them economically. And it's just it's sobering because the European countries have been there England for a thousand years. And they were the, the foundations of Western civilization, of art and culture and beauty and, and uh, architecture and everything. Um, but now they're collapsing. They probably have maybe at the most 10 or 15 years left and they'll be gone, which is really sobering. But we need to learn from those lessons. When you make poor decisions economically, you eventually will collapse. When you make poor decisions uh, to deal with the family, you redefine marriage, you stop having children, you will collapse. 
when you have open borders and allow millions of people to come in each year that are just going to leech off the system because they're not even capable of providing for themselves because they don't know the language. So they're, the, when, you, when you do that, all those signs are you are collapsing and you will collapse. And there's nothing you can do to stop the collapse because you reap what you have sown. But Europe is you know, 25 years ahead of us in so many areas, but it's not that they're 25 years ahead of us as far as progress, they're receding into the dustbin of history. And we need to learn these lessons quickly because when you're doing all those things, collapse is inevitable. The United Nations Education Agency launches war on conspiracy theories. So now UNESCO is training and recruiting teachers worldwide to start to brainwash the children not to buy into anything except what the government tells them has happened. I mean, this is unbelievable. A professor from New York University said, I can't think of anything more dangerous to free speech and free thought and therefore democracy than this effort by the UN, which has no business telling us what's true and what is not. But of course, that's always the agenda. And that's why the censorship, that's why the cancel culture, that's why anyone that says something that's different than what the party line is, they, they're being erased. But anyway, now it's on a global scale. They're working to make it illegal worldwide to talk about conspiracy theories. That's where we're headed. Their ultimate goal is again to have the totalitarian control that only technology can bring. And here's uh, from Battlecry, a little publication I read sometimes. Here's what it says. Pharmaceutical giant Pfizer has a new concept to make you take your medicine. CEO Albert Borla describes a new pill to the elites attending the 2018 World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Quote, it is basically a biological chip that is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and it dissolves into your stomach, it sends a signal that you took the tablet, he said. So imagine the application of that, the compliance, he continued. <laughs> yes, they are wanting to get total control. Watch this clip right here. Yuval Harari, I've talked about several times on here, but here's another clip. And this is from the 2020 Davos meeting. But listen to how he's talking about what they're going to do to us through vaccinations, through hacking into our brains. Um, I, I tell you this stuff not to make you fearful, but to show you that they're serious about their agenda. It's not some little thing that you know may or may not happen. They are working actively toward total control of you and of me. And we need to reject their technology as far as the things that allow them to track us and trace us and monitor us. And we need to be careful about this because anyway, here's where they're going. Many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough. And nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. Neither the Gestapo nor the KGB could do it. But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. 
We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. Data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. And if indeed we succeed in hacking and engineering life, this will be not just the greatest revolution in the history of humanity, this will be the greatest revolution in biology since the very beginning of life four billion years ago. Did you hear that? What they're trying to achieve will make the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany look like a joke. They'll look like the freest societies there's ever been compared to this. But that's why we now need to be thinking about these things. And as new technology like digital currencies come out, we need to, regardless of how tough it is or how it makes our life difficult, we need to say no to that. We need to separate out where we're the little communities outside of their system uh, operating in a little parallel universe of doing our own thing because it's just, it's endless. And it's, but it's so evil because once they get the talons in you, then you're stuck and there's nothing you can do. But anyway, I just, we need to pay attention to what they're talking about because when they lay out their agenda, they work diligently toward it. I think more than anything I've noticed over my time in studying the left is how evil they are, but also how committed they are to their evil plans. Now, many of you have seen probably recently over the last several weeks that a lot of insurance companies have been letting out their data on deaths from 2021. And adults ages 35 to 44 died at twice the expected rate last year, the data shows. And this is significant because those people aren't dying from COVID, but it's from the vaccinations. And I think as more and more the, the truth comes out, there's going to be a lot of angry people on the other side that took those shots and the boosters and, and on and on. But it's going to just change the dynamics of our country. It might be a blessing to us in the long run, even though it's a horrible thing, in that I think more people on our side said, no, thank you, I, I'm not interested in that than their side. Their side, for the most part, lines up and does what government tells them to do. And I'm just praying that God will use this somehow to be a blessing in turning our country back to the truth, where people will realize government lies to you 99% of the time. The elites always have an agenda to benefit themselves and to destroy you, even though they package it to sound like, oh, this is going to help you so much. You really ought to do this. I mean, just think of the advertisements back in the 30s and 40s and 50s where they'd have doctors pushing cigarettes on you and other things that later were found to be deadly. They're wrong most of the time, the establishment. But the reason they're wrong is because they have an agenda. Another story, millions of Americans face loss of water and power during the drought going on out west. And as you see that, I just, I know it's God's judgment. He is fed up with our foolishness. 
he is fed up with how evil we've become where we're destroying our own children in our own country, in our own prosperity. And I know we're not doing that, but we've allowed it to happen. We've allowed evil people to get in control. They're hurting the poor. They're hurting everyone that's weak and vulnerable. Look at the transgender movement. Who is that preying on? The kids that that probably are from a single family household and they have a lot of baggage, a lot of issues, and they're just wanting attention. And on and on it goes. But this, again, when those things are happening, we need to pray that God would forgive us, but then we need to look for ways we can make a difference right where he has placed us in educating others and standing for the truth. This one is hard to even read about. More than 55% of children ranging in age from six months to two years old have had a systematic reaction after their first dose of the Pfizer vaccine, a noticeable reaction, a negative reaction to the vaccine, 55%. And still our government is saying children have to be vaccinated. Adults have to be vaccinated. When all the proof has come out, the shots are deadly and they don't work in the first place and they don't stop transmission. And they're still, no, you have to give them the military, they just said. They still have to take the shot even though they've proven totally ineffective and on the other side, totally deadly to our military. The top people are saying, Millie and Lloyd Austin, you have to get the shot. So you're ready for battle. No, it's to make sure they're not ready for battle. We're also getting ready to sell a lot of weapons to Taiwan. And I'm not sure what the proper perspective is on this. I know we're taught, oh, we need to stand up for Taiwan and, and, and their freedom and all this stuff. but when I talked to a bunch of Chinese people that came to my meeting in California this summer, I asked them, what about Taiwan? And they said, Taiwan is totally allegiant to red China. I go, do they want us interfering or being involved in that? And they go, no, they would side with red China every time over us. And so I was just confused by that. These are people that have just come to America from China. So they're in touch with that way more than we are. But anyway, I just wanted to share that. I don't know enough details to know for sure. I just know we get so much disinformation, even on our conservative side of things. I just thought it was interesting when they said that they go, no, they don't want us messing with anything. And that was Chinese people from China that were Christians but also in touch with that, that said that's what they believe was the case. So I thought that was very interesting. As it continues to come out that China's forced organ harvesting demands U.S. response, I agree with that. How come we still buy products from a country that is taking people they don't like and harvesting their organs and selling them off to make money and then disposing of the people. It's really shocking this is happening, but Gordon Chang, listen to what he had to say about this. China's regime is torturing and killing critics, petitioners, activists, dissidents, and religious adherents in psychiatric hospitals. The barbaric practice is still widespread. Safeguard Defenders, which is a nonprofit there, in its report detailed how police and government agents are sending Chinese citizens for medically unnecessary involuntary hospitalizations in the police-run system. 
in this system called the peace and health system. The peace and health system. Listen to what they're doing. Detainees are strapped to beds, pumped full of drugs, subject to electrical shock therapy, and left to lie in their own excrement. Some languish for years, the NGO notes in its report. Those who survive often can barely function after release. The Soviets perfected techniques for breaking people in psychiatric hospitals, and Mao Zedong's regime adopted them about a decade after taking power. That's the world they're trying to create for all of us. If you don't go along, you get put in a psychiatric hospital where they pump you full of drugs and receive electroshock therapy. And then when they let you go, you're so brain damaged and so hurt, everyone sees that's what happens if you speak out. That's why it's time to speak out now before we get to that stage. But the fact that we're still buying things from China is unbelievable. Please do your part the best you can to not buy things from China and not support companies that solely do their business and manufacturing in China because it's just we're rewarding them for the evil they are doing. This week, Putin said that he will use nukes if he has to. And I do think he's serious about that. But you never know what game is going on behind the scenes. If our government's telling him to do that, if Zelensky and him are making agreements on how to get things done. But we are transferring our wealth to the Ukraine. And here's some interesting facts on that I didn't know. Between 2001 and 2008, during George W. Bush's presidency, we gave $1 billion to the Ukrainian aid. During the next eight years of Barack Obama, we gave $2 billion of aid to the Ukraine. And now, in Biden's presidency, <laughs> in under two years, we've already given $54 billion, but agreed to $130 billion, including the interest we'll have to pay on that money we've given them. So $130 billion is what we've committed to give to them. And we haven't even closed our border, which would only cost $5 billion to finish the wall along our southern border. But we're, again, they're giving away our money faster than we can create it, faster than they can tax us, and it's all purposeful. It's just another clear sign. When you're giving money out to all the countries of the world, when you're going in debt every year and on the verge of bankruptcy, you know, Something's going on. No one would do that unless that was part of the plan. But it's it's part of the plan. And, and one of the other clear assaults right now going on worldwide, but it's really starting to focus in America, is our war on farmers. And the green global elites are trying to use climate change to just start to restrict farming worldwide. And now it's coming into America hardcore, even in Iowa and stuff. They're trying to pass things right now that will dramatically stop farmers from using fertilizers and, and, and creating a system where they're going to have to pay for all their carbon emissions and things like that. So it's just, you see it, you know, what we've all seen what's going on over in the Netherlands, 
but it's starting to spread worldwide. They're trying to just go for the gold right now before 2030, because if you can get control of the food, you really have control of everything, and they know that. And I just was reading the book of Revelations this week, and it, in the end time scenarios, it talked about you know, the food shortages and the um, even some movies made on that time. They had little ration bars that you had to give and stuff. And again, like in the Soviet Union, where you had to wait in hours a day just to get bread for that day, that's a great system. Uh, from their point of view. They want that to be the reality in America as well. Because if you're starving, again, you submit. When your children are starving, you'll do whatever they say, even if you don't want to, because you don't want to watch your own children starve to death. Stalin did this, Mao did this to 60, 80 million of his own people. It's very effective. But it just seems clear to me worldwide they're setting up a scenario where all of a sudden food shortages are just going to come upon us as if, oh, we weren't ready for them. We didn't know that was going to happen. And but we've seen the food plants. We've seen the famines. We've seen the, the droughts. We've seen the war. We've seen all these things. And no one's really talking that much about it. We're just, oh, on to the next thing. But food, the problem with food is it takes six months to create more of it. You can't ever just, okay, we need more today, like manufacturing a, a phone or something where you can go, we need more phones, step up production. You can't do that. It takes six months to grow the food and harvest it and then be ready to distribute it. So it's a key area that I just, again, I hope you are preparing at home. I hope you have kind of a system in place to be as self-sufficient as possible and to be stocked up as possible because it just it seems like that's what they want. They want death, destruction, starvation. They want people to be afraid of that and, and willing to submit to get their rations from them. And it's another area we see that. I want to read a little bit from Jan Markell who's a friend of mine's uh, recent newsletter. Listen to this. Hopefully it will encourage you. <laughs> we could never have imagined, even though some reading this have been Bible students for 50, 60 years or more, we never expected to see a time when the spirit of the Antichrist would be so prolific. We never thought we would see America decline and no longer be a superpower. We never thought the likes of George Soros, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, Yuval Harari, Barack Obama, and the Chinese Communist Party would be the puppet masters running America. Plus legions more wicked men and women scheming in dark smoke-filled rooms. We are reluctant observers of the fundamental transformation of America that Barack Obama promised in 2008. We just didn't believe him. And it's why I keep urging all believers to have an eternal perspective and to hold on loosely to this groaning planet. Once final day events are set in motion, as they obviously are, there is no going back to normal. It really feels like that on many fronts, regardless of how much time is left. It just seems like we're never going back to the good old days. It's not going to happen. Hopefully we can hang on to something in little pockets around the country and around the world. But with technology, with evil men, 
having ways to punish those who resist them unlike ever before. It's, it is entering a brave new world that we need to acknowledge, we need to sober up and face, and we need to prepare for. We are just frankly weary of being outraged. We groan that those in power never let a good crisis go to waste. We wonder how an entire system, the media, has been persuaded to further the lies and further promote such a nonsensical agenda. We get frustrated that too many pulpits will not address vital issues that could at least wake up some Christians. Boy, isn't that the truth? Wouldn't it be nice if the Christian churches in America all were led by men that were understanding of the times and had courage to speak truth? Politicians enter office as ordinary people, but in time are worth tens of millions of dollars. How is that? No one's ever investigated. No one ever digs into that. If they go into office with a couple hundred thousand in their bank account and they leave with tens of millions when they didn't get paid very much to do what they are doing and no one cares to look into it. Much of this wealth is from nefarious deals and we are outraged. Today's political players are nothing but a crime syndicate. No, nothing in this world works very well and that is by design. But don't interpret that as evil winning. Evil people will someday soon stand at the great white throne judgment. And that should be encouraging. I, it always vexes my spirit to see the evil around us, but every crime will be punished ultimately. Every politician that did evil things will be punished for that. And that it, there's God is just, and he has given us his sense of justice and that's encouraging. We need to remember that. Evil people will someday soon stand at the great white throne judgment where they will account for every one of their deeds, their lies, their greed, their selfishness. They will receive unspeakable justice. Yes, they will. Evil, my friends, is not winning. The story of the Bible is that there is hope in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God promises to rescue his church just as he rescued the righteous at the flood and at Sodom and Gomorrah. What lies ahead for his church is glorious beyond words. What lies ahead for the wicked is unthinkable. In the end, they do not win. And that's important to realize and know. And in the meantime, we are responsible for standing for truth, for educating those around us, for teaching and training our children and grandchildren, that the reality of this world, they were born for such a time as this. God has a plan for their life. Are they, are they fulfilling his plan or are they just doing what they want to do? We need to think about that regularly, pray about that, that God will give us clear direction to make a difference because, again, we are the ones here and now for this time in history and God put us here specifically. So I just wanna encourage you to make sure you are engaged in this battle, but know ultimately we will win. So, so don't be discouraged, just be faithful to do what you can do. Our verse for this week is a very short one, but a very powerful one. And it's one you need to meditate on this week and think about, am I doing this, what it says to do? And here it is, it's John 14, 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. 
That's the way we show God that we love him is by keeping his commandments. Deuteronomy 6 tells us how to raise our children and the, the responsibility we have to impart truth and understanding and a vision and wisdom. And we need to be faithful in that. There's the verses, be kind one to another. Are we doing that? And on and on it goes throughout the Bible, things that he's asked us to do because it will be a blessing to us if we do. And it will guard us from evil. And it will help our light shine brighter in this dark world. So if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. I hope you have a good week. Next week, I think we're going to be talking about elections and how you can make a difference right where you are in the upcoming November elections. It's vital that we are plugged in. We can't just vote anymore. That's not that's the bare minimum. Now we need to vote and get involved because the other side is working as fast and as furious as they can to make sure they can corrupt this election as well because they do not want to lose power. So we'll talk about some specific details and things you can do at the local level. But I appreciate you being there. Keep praying for our country. Keep praying that you will know what God has for you to do. And keep praying for us at Agenda Weekly that God will bless our efforts to wake the troops. And until next week, God bless you.